We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's going on? It's the Bronx Pinstripe Show. The season has ended and the Yankees have have home field advantage, but it was a shit show the way they got there. Scott, how's it going? I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter to me how we're in or, or what's you know what the scenario was that played out. So um, I'm happy because we got a playoff game in New York on Tuesday. My Jets won. Um, I'm happy, man. It's been a good day. We're also joined by Barstool JJ. He writes for the Yan- for Barstool Sports and talks about the Yankees on that site. JJ, what's going on? Not too much, guys. Uh, we we tripped into this into this playoffs, but uh, I'm glad to be here. We have been trying to meet up at a game. It seems like all season now, and it just hasn't worked out. Yeah, um, I've been to probably 24 games at the stadium, and the only time people. I know go or the games that I'm not there. Every time I'm not there, I get like, hey, are you here? We should meet up. And it's always the games that I'm not there. Yeah, 24 is a lot. That's you got to have stamina for that. Yeah. When the season started, my goal was to go to 20. Um, and I've been to a bunch at other stadiums, too, and I've been to some road games. But I had jokingly said, well, not even jokingly. It was kind of like, do I think I can do it? go to all 81 home games. Like, if I just use my PTO days smart, I can get to all the games. Yeah, because but there's I think always... I would die. 
Yeah, I mean, you get you get your occasional Wednesday afternoon game or something, but I I do think that would it, you would not make it through a season. From a standpoint of like mental toughness, of just one just going up to the Bronx, uh, sitting through the games, and then just all the food and drinks that you'd have while you're there, it would probably take years off your life. <laughs> Every time I go to a game, I'm like, I'm not going to eat like an asshole at this game. And then come the third inning, I've already ordered like a sausage and peppers, two hot dogs. I'm like four beers deep and I feel like trash. Well, and one of the biggest things about going to the game, every time I go to a game, I have no idea what's happening in the game. I'm, I'm literally just more, you know, I've been, I go to the to different areas or I'm drinking too much and, you know, just carry a conversation. And you really, really have to pay attention to actually know what's going on during the game the entire time. Yeah, it, it depends who you go with. You That's know. true. That is true. You end up, if you ever get like a group there, you know, you're just like, oh, anyone want to go? And you get like 10 friends together to go. Uh, there's, you know, you have no idea what happened in the game. That was like our website outing this year. First of all, they got killed by Toronto, so it wasn't a fun game. Uh, but by the seventh inning or the sixth inning, they were getting killed. We didn't. We were all pretty drunk. So Scott and I just went and found uh, cousin Brewski, who we interviewed on the show a few months back, and he's been a beer vendor at Yankee Stadium since like the like the 70s, right, Scott? Before that, he was there for. He's been there for three stadiums. So. Yeah. So uh, we just went and talked to him. That's and, and on that day, it was zero zero up until the fifth inning. I mean, it was it was it was pretty brutal just to even sit there with that many people. So that's why we just started drinking quite, pretty heavily. <laughs> so uh, Scott, you mentioned your Jets won. So were you up nine thirty in the morning watching that game? Absolutely, kegs and eggs. That was uh, I could get used to these nine thirty games. I tell you what, it was it was kind of fun. Uh, I always said like the one of the big things uh, for me if I ever wanted if I ever moved to the West Coast, it would like fifty one percent of it would be so I could watch sports in the morning, <laughs> and you know waking up just like just getting up immediately uh, cooking some breakfast having a drink and watching football. I'm a big fan. I'm actually a real big fan of it. And the way that the game went down today was uh, was real good. So. Uh, I, you know, I, I could never, uh, never get enough of the Dolphins struggling. I mean, they're they're terrible. Yeah, that's a bad situation in Miami. I mean, philbin has got to be gone soon. They're they're going to be. Uh, he's going to be. I see him as a as a mid season firing, um, especially with all the hype down there and the money they spent on Sue. You know, he's he's uh, the 2015 version of Albert Hainsworth right now. Let's just see if he quits. I think I'm out on the London game. I don't really enjoy it. I don't think they're going to let Philbin even come back to the state. They might get rid of his passport. That's true. <laughs> it's close. But, no, the London game is great because you just wake up and there's already football going on. Right. So, like, for for me, I'm married. So it's very easy for me to just be like, oh, it's Sunday. There's football on. Like, I've got a Twitter or whatever. Just, like, something like I've got to go do sports now. And I've avoided any kind of like going to brunch or like anything that would pull me away from the couch. You really you plant roots nice and early in that couch and it's tough to get you out. So I'm all for the London games. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. I, I'm married and the and the same thing. I mean it's Sunday is Sunday's pretty much known as as my day during, especially during this time of the year when you have uh, you know Yankees post postseason going on. You have football. Um, that's it for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm in this. I'm in the exact same boat. And the fact that you just wake up and that there's sports on, you know, I thought it was awesome. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of that. I think the reason I'm out on it is because I see the trend, and every year it seems like they add a new game over there, and I just don't think people care. 
Uh, I'm just waiting for the Super Bowl to be over there, and then at that point, I'm going to be pissed. If you take away pretty much the most American day of all time, which is Super Bowl Sunday, and put it in London, I'm going to be pissed about that. You don't think that they care over there as far as the teams? Is that what you're saying? Or people- No, I don't think. I think most of the people in that stadium today were either fans that went over for the game or they were Americans who live in London now and were... Yeah, a bunch just, of expats. Yeah, fans of the NFL already. There were some people on Twitter who were saying, like, I don't care who wins this game. I'm just, like, happy I'm watching football in person. Exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, you're definitely going to get there. What is it? It holds, like, 80,000 people. And, uh, I mean, how many of those actually know the rules of American football? I say American football. I should smack myself for saying that. For football. the uh, They don't know what they're – they just go because it's an event. I mean, I agree with you in that way. There's a lot of expats there that probably go to the games just to see football. Think yeah. about how little you care about soccer, and I think that's how little they care about football. But if soccer and they actually hit people, I would start caring about it. I feel like it would draw my attention. Well, then and, you're talking and, about football. I know, exactly. So that's why I feel like they, 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 they probably will get on that bandwagon a hell of a lot faster than we get on soccer. I don't think – I think if they put a team in London like you know, it's, this is all leading up to, yeah, I don't I think agree. that lasts long. Oh, really? You think it's – you what, the, the team itself? Yeah, if they put a team over there, I don't think it would be something that, like, you know, 15 years later we still have a team there. I think it would be like the Vancouver Grizzlies of football. Hmm. Yeah, because you're talking, like, by week seven they've got, like, 28,000 people in the stands, and it's just an embarrassment. I don't know. I could see them. I could see them. Uh, you know, getting rallying around one team and, and basically, you know, London or England against the U.S. I could see that. I could see that playing in a number of ways, especially in the marketing ways, and especially, you know, just them uh, them being uh, from England and uh, obviously our history. I think a lot of people would get behind that. I don't Maybe. Know. All right. The time just doesn't work out, though. The time doesn't work out, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to some uh, some Yankees talk. That's why we got uh, this podcast. That's why we got JJ on. They did uh, win one game this week, and it was an important game. It was their 10,000th win, and they clinched, and there was a celebration after. I know there was a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, we're the Yankees. We don't need to celebrate a wild card. We only celebrate championships. I think if you were talking about you know, 1999, uh, that might fly, but the reality is this team over has overachieved this year, if you can believe that, and uh, I thought they deserved to celebrate. Uh, JJ, what would you think? Um, so I think I think it's a larger, like, society problem, not to get too deep on you guys. I think it's just a problem with social media is there's too many uh, people who can vent and, and talk about these things without having really any kind of background. For the fans, like for us to be going nuts, like I'm excited that the Yankees were back in the playoffs. But if we lose this game, yeah, the the season went better than it was supposed to. But there's really nothing to celebrate. But these players, like they deserve to celebrate it. Most of these guys have never been to the playoffs as a Yankee. Uh, A lot of them, we have young guys, have never been to the playoffs. They just got called up. So to just say, well, no, we're not going to do that because we're the Yankees kind of assumes, and it's cocky, that there's definitely going to be another opportunity to celebrate. But I think if they win on Tuesday, they don't celebrate again. No, Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But the players deserve it. I mean, they play all of these games in this little bit of time to take that opportunity to celebrate an accomplishment uh, makes no sense. Because 
as a Yankee, as a fan, I've won five World Series. But like for these guys as players, they haven't. So to a certain level, the fans should hold themselves to a higher standard. There's also so few that were on the teams that were making the playoffs a few years ago. There's so many new guys on this team. Yeah, a hundred percent. But and even the guys who were, um, you know, obviously Teixeira is injured, but if he was healthy, and you know, CC having a, a good game to help us get to that point. I mean, they've been through a shitload in the two years. You know, they've seen a lot of guys leave. They went through the whole Mariano goodbye. They went through the Jeter goodbye. That's a lot of distractions and a lot of shit to put up with. And then the A-Rod return. Well, I mean, that's a blessing. So <laughs> that's a that's a huge... That's like getting an extra Christmas. Distraction turned blessing. Always that's- a blessing. I think we absolutely saw the reason, you know, why why we're why they're celebrating. You see these all, all these young guys, and it all leads back to John Ryan Murphy and the Stop the beautiful shit. exuberance in the in his face and in the in the clubhouse. I mean, how much fun was that to watch? This this kid was this kid was on cloud nine, going around pouring champagne on people's heads, um, you know, giving giving interviews about the ten thousandth win and about clinching. I mean, that's that's baseball's fun, right? It's supposed to be fun. It's a team sport. These guys have been through, like you said, you know, they're playing. Um, a ridiculous schedule in a short amount of time, and uh, you know why not? They 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 accomplished something. They should celebrate. Well, John Ryan Murphy stole the show for me. I was not expecting him to go, you know, Frank the Tank from old school in that celebration, and he did. And I thought it was awesome. I think it's also good because so th- this is a team that's in a weird position. You have Jeter, the captain, leaving. Um, you know, they lost Mariano the year before. Then you've got guys coming in like your, um, you know, you got your McCann's who's been a leader somewhere else. You've got Ellsbury who's clearly just, he's a mercenary. So you don't know, like, where's the leadership come from? You hear A-Rod's giving uh, young guys advice, spending time working with Didi when he was having fielding troubles. Uh, but who's keeping it light? Because it used to be Gardner, and you hear Gardner does a lot of pranks and stuff like that. But he's an older player now. He's you know he's reached kind of this mature like leadership thing. So it's good to see that someone is there keeping it light, having fun, remembering it's a game. Because as much as you need the guys who are going to provide that veteran leadership, you need someone young who you know keeps every keeps everyone young. Right. Well, and that's another thing too. I mean, Guardy was that guy for a while, but when you're struggling as bad as he has in the second half, too, there's not much funny anymore. Like your personality's got to change in the clubhouse a little bit by, by just you know completely uh, you know just doing nothing on the field at that point. I mean, you're not as happy of a guy. And I think other guys have contributed to that. Like Brendan Ryan's definitely definitely a cheese ball in the in the dugout, and I think he's definitely helped in one way on this team, and that's and that's just keep things light. Um, but yeah, John Ryan Murphy has definitely uh, definitely taken that. He, he seems to be like the the, the kid brother um, through everybody on the, in the clubhouse. You know, yeah. He's, and if he's a kid brother, who's going to hit two eighty in limited action. He's yeah, take the it. kid brother of the year. No, no doubt, no doubt. You know what I immediately thought of? Do you guys remember that game in Minnesota over the summer when A Rod hit three three home runs and then John Ryan Murphy hit a go ahead home run in the ninth inning? Yep, yeah, absolutely. And after the game, A-Rod was like, oh, we were just so happy for Murphy. He's like one of our freshmen. And like yeah. that sort of atmosphere, that's when the team was, was flying high. I mean, they were peaking at that point. But it's that sort of clubhouse atmosphere that I think Murphy brings that is pretty underrated as a backup catcher. Um, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why this team has been successful this year. 
Um, so I, w- I was just really happy to see it. I mean, I, I didn't know John Ryan Murphy was that type of guy, uh, but it was definitely good to see. He definitely threw me for a loop when he told everybody, don't call him JR. I was like, oh, who is this kid? He's, 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 he's getting real, real upset about that. Um, but apparently just nobody calls him JR. Yeah, so. I, wasn't, I wasn't sold on him on JR because he did a full year as JR. It's yeah. like Giancarlo Stanton. He's Mike Stanton. Whatever you come up as, you stay as. Like in my mind, I can't change it. You've already cemented your spot there. Um, but now I would kill a person if they called him Jr. If he needed me to. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's it's like run our run our test. I think has gone back and forth like fifteen times. He just yeah. needs to go back to run our test because now that he's back in the league, you know, I, Metal World Peace. I thought was that. I thought that was gone, but apparently it's still there. That's why I still call Farsto Carmona Farsto Carmona. I don't even know what his actual name is now. He whatever he was when he came up. That's what I call him. I still thought he was Fausto Carmona. No, that's not his real name. That was his fake birth certificate name. He's like something Hernandez. Yeah. Roberto Hernandez, I think, yeah. Yeah. I'm not remembering that. Which actually sounds like more of a fake Spanish name. It does. Like, if I was going to make up a fake Spanish name, I'd be like, oh, I'm Roberto Hernandez. (laughs) Right. Not Fausto Carmona. That'd be a tough one to make up. Like, if you're making up a fake white guy named John Smith. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So... I mean, I, I thought it was a good celebration. Um, it was not the. I, I thought they went. Um, they didn't go too overboard. I thought it was good. I thought they. The team definitely deserved it, even though it took them forever to clinch. Um, and we're sitting here with home field advantage. And I think you know what you gotta. The mentality. You can go one of two ways with this. You can either say they have backed their way in and the sky is falling, or you can say. It's a one-game season now. Anything can happen. They're at home. They're a better team at home. Um, let, let's see what we got. Look, we got to hit home runs to win. That's the, that's, the, that's the name of this game. And we can hit more home runs in Yankee Stadium. So we have a puncher's, shot, uh, you know, a puncher's chance when we're at Yankee Stadium. And in my opinion, this team, like you said, is a hell of a lot better at Yankee Stadium. And at this point, I, don't, I really could care less how, how they're in. Because right now, nothing else matters. It's, it's one game. Anything can happen. I think for all the people who, uh, there's especially people who aren't Yankee fans that like to point out, well, oh, you're only in a one-game playoff. Like as of two years ago, like we would have just been in the LDS. The league changed the rules. We didn't pick up the second wild card spot. We have every reason to be happy that we're there. Now, if we were going in for the longest time, I wanted to avoid Houston, but then the Angels got hot. And do you really want to play a really hot Angels team or a Houston team that's also been struggling and isn't very good on the road? So I don't think we're in a terrible position. I think, you know, with the division not being something that we're able to to secure, we're in the best possible situation of all the possible tiebreakers uh, we could have gone through. I was looking through those tiebreakers this morning, and I thought it was pretty funny that nobody on Twitter knew what was going on. Some people thought Game 163 would have counted uh, in the record. Some people said it wouldn't. Um, You know, what the hell was with MLB not really making this clear before this morning? There's just so many different scenarios, I think, that that play into it. Oh, you're talking about the actual stats counting? Well, Um, no, it's not just the stats. Like, half of the articles I read said that the game 163, if there was one, would count as a loss for the team, meaning the Yankees had home field no matter what. Other articles said it didn't count, meaning the Yankees could have a possible road game, which is the actual scenario that it was. I just thought it was funny that no one knew what the hell was going on. I think because 
everything, because baseball is every day, it's just so fluid, all, all the games and all the possibilities based on like what happened on Saturday, especially with double headers in play. Uh, MLB was probably hoping they weren't going to have to sort through it. And, you know, their their number one concern was probably making sure these teams had the availability to book, you know, backup travel and not so much getting out to the media what's going on. Or, again, you know, anyone can kind of write anything on the Internet nowadays. So, you know, I, my understanding, you may have a final, like, verdict of what the situation was. But my understanding was that game 163 counts towards the regular season. Uh, Stats-wise, yes, but record-wise, no. Okay. Which is also weird. Yeah. I just avoided the whole situation. and Well, I you were smart. I, I, I just looked to see who I would play on Tuesday. Yeah, I did jump in on Twitter. Um, I believe it was you, Andrew, and Neil Keefe. And I decided to jump in, then all of a sudden my mentions started going off, and I was like, why did I step into this fight that I didn't really want to be in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at one point, I, I think I tweeted that I needed a TI-89 calculator to figure this shit out, because that's how confusing it was. But you could have played Blockman, it would have been sweet. Yeah, yeah what was it, or game. Dr- uh, drug dealer. And Galaga, or whatever that thing was. <laughs> so many hours killed in class with that thing. It's probably why I uh, don't have a better job right now. <laughs> All right, so we're at home. We're, we're facing Houston. Um, Keiko is going to pitch. He's going to be on short rest, uh, but he's going to pitch. And it's going to be against Tanaka. He's our guy. Um, so, Scott, what's your confidence level in Tanaka going into Tuesday night? I mean, there's nobody else I want to take the ball on that point. Um, if there's if there's anybody who's, I guess, in the conversation at this point, it's Severino. But I mean, when you're when you look at the two of them um, and just the overall experience that Tanaka has, and just the stuff wise, I just feel like to me he feels like a big game pitcher. He feels like he's a guy that's going to step up. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think any moment is too big for him. So I have a lot of confidence in him, especially at the stadium. Uh, I think he's uh, I think he's he's the guy, man. I think he's going to come out and I think he's going to pitch a good game and keep us in the ball game. Uh, I'm more worried about the bats, to tell you the truth. I would probably agree with that, especially because Keuchel has 16 innings versus the Yankees this season and given up zero runs. So uh, that doesn't exactly instill me with a lot of confidence going in. Also, because he's a lefty, and since Teixeira has been injured, the Yankees lineup versus lefties has been pretty bad. You know, we've been seeing Brendan Ryan run out there uh, just because he's a right-handed bat. Um, I I don't know what Girardi, what kind of lineup Girardi needs to th- throw out there to make sure he gets the best uh, best guys on the field. But um, I think one guy I we definitely need to see out there is Ref Snyder because he's a right-handed hit, hitter and he's uh, eleven for thirty-one since being uh, played you know sort of full time over the last couple weeks. Uh, JJ, what are your thoughts on on the lineup going in versus Keuchel? Um, I mean, I, I agree with what you're, everything you guys have said. I think the biggest thing, and you didn't want to end up. I, I try to stay very positive about things. Like we're in the playoffs. Like that's great. Like. You do look when you see this 11 for whatever it was, 31 or, or something like that, and you just say, what if we just had Ref Snyder like a little longer in the season? Um, not just for like, oh, maybe you know we win the division with that, but also I'd love to have his comfort level just a little higher heading into you know this kind of a game and this kind of a situation. But you know, I, I think when you look at it, similar to what Scott said, he hasn't been in a big game situation here, 
But like Tanaka's pitched in a lot of these big games before over in Japan. He's come back off injuries where there's high pressure situations and uh, and delivered. Um, so it does come down to the lineup because the worry is that sometimes Tanaka will struggle early, and you don't want to see him give up two solo home runs in like one in the first, one in the second, and the game's over there. I mean, in my opinion, if if Ref Snyder's not in this lineup, uh, it's an it's it's an embarrassment, and and Girardi needs to. Uh, I, I don't know. I, we've talked about this in the past. Like nothing surprises me anymore with the way that this guy manages because it's there's just no rhyme or reason. It seems like, and um, you you mentioned something about having Ref Snyder in the lineup, and you know maybe we don't win the division, and, and but maybe his confidence level is a little higher. And I, I completely agree with it. We were at a point when we had a second baseman who for the majority of the season was hitting 180 and the kid would you know he he would catch a uh, catch a ball uh, square once in a while and it would go out of the ballpark and his defense was probably lower than it ever had been in his career it wasn't wasn't you know stellar defense it was it was good defense it was above average defense but it wasn't like he was lighting it up in the with the glove so the fact that Snyder was not on there and that we were so desperately needing a right-handed bat that hit it, hit for average and got on base it just makes no sense so we do need a we do need a jolt against Keuchel. We absolutely do. I, I don't care if he's never seen him. I don't care if he doesn't have postseason experience. He needs to be in the lineup because he brings that he brings just some hope from the right side, in my opinion. So I I think another benefit too is um, based on the timing of the rotation and Tanaka's injury earlier in the year. Houston hasn't seen him this year, right. and that's always you know we're seeing Keuchel for a third time. They're seeing Tanaka for a first. You know, there's a lot to be said for being able to watch tape before games, but actually getting to see a guy, you know, is a big difference. I have full confidence that Tanaka will keep us in this game. And there's no doubt about that. I think I think the man's going to go out there and, and pitch. And just like you said, not seeing him, especially with with a guy like Tanaka, who just who could throw so many different pitches at different arm angles and and just look and locate as well as he does. And you haven't seen him before. That's a huge difference. I mean, it's going to take a few times to, for them to get used to it. And you know, watching tape is one thing, like you said, but it's a different animal when you can uh, when you step in the box. And I don't think the pressure is going to get to him. Uh, but I just I'm worried that even if he's you know gives up two runs over seven innings, the Yankee bats are just not going to get anything off Keuchel. And I know Girardi's not going to do something stupid like pitch Chris Capuano in this game on Tuesday. But as good as the Yankee bullpen was back pretty much all the way through August, it's been pretty terrible since then. Um, Miller's been fine. Batances has been shaky. Uh, Wilson's been good. But the rest of the guys have been bad. So the only guys I want to see out of the bullpen are uh, Miller, Batances, Wilson, and Severino if we need them. And Warren. You're not giving anything to Warren on that one? No, I forgot Warren. He's definitely the first right-handed guy out. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I think if we end up, one of the interesting but could be kind of fun things is how we can change the roster from the one game till the ALDS. So we really only need to carry a handful of pitchers. Uh, That gives us some availability to definitely have guys like Noel on there to pinch run, maybe get, get us running on the bases the way the top of our lineup hasn't been able to as of late. Uh, because if it comes down to a guy like a Capuano or you know one of these other guys who we've called up, an Andrew Bailey, if they have to touch the ball on Tuesday, head for the exits. <laughs> there's no, like, there's not even a situation if we're up 15 
Chris Capuano can't come in for mop-up duty there. Totally agree. I'd rather Brendan Ryan be pitching than Chris Capuano. What if we get another 19-inning game? He's not going to be on the roster, and you're right. We don't win that game because it's not going 19. With Brendan our Ryan will pitch because he was pretty with, good. With our bullpen, it's not going 19. It, it would never. It could never happen right. at this point. We're so, just not. Once it gets to extra innings, we're screwed. probably done. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially. I sat there for that whole 19 inning game too. No, really? Yeah. Oh, I sat there for the 19 inning game and the recent Blue Jays doubleheader. I mean, but they. How did you get through that 19 inning game? Because they stopped serving beer in the seventh inning. That's whatever the math. They is. don't stop. They don't stop serving in sweets. Oh, look at this guy over here. She makes booze. It's the only way I could have stayed. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have been there. Yeah, I. It was funny. I. I was because that was early in the season. That was like early April. I think it was the first. Fr- uh, the first Friday night. I left Boston. I was going to Vermont to go skiing. I left Boston, and it was like the third inning. And I got to Vermont, and it was the ninth inning. And I watched another nine-inning ball game once I got there. That's how long that game was. Yeah, it was a Friday night. Um, it was it was long. I had tickets to Saturday too, and I was just like, I can't make it back. I just I can't sit through this again. I went Sunday, but. I was like, can't do three days in a row like this. I've already seen my two games. Exactly. Yeah, that's there. You go. Um, all right. Other things to think about um, for this wild card game. Uh, well, first of all, Evaldi's not going to be. I want to just mention Evaldi because he was a guy I think that has seriously hurt them um, since he went down. And JJ, just to give you a little background, Scott's a huge Evaldi fan. I was not the biggest Evaldi fan, um, but I will admit that when he went down, that really killed them. It took an arm out of the bullpen that was valuable in Warren, and then it also took a at least a consistent rotation guy out. Um, he's not going to be ready for the wild card game, but he is. He might be ready for the DS. Um, yeah, I, I just think it, it is kind of crazy how all of the starters on this team have spent some time on the DL. When you think about it that way, for them to even make this one game playoff is kind of uh, <coughs> impressive. No one thought. No one thought we would be here. Um, so this season is, to a certain extent, uh, a success. As Yankee fans, you know, a World Series is a success, or at least getting to the World Series. But when you look at a guy like Evaldi, like you said, it took Warren out of the bullpen. It it, it kind of it just messed up. We were getting a little bit of good momentum uh, going, and it messed it up. But at the same time. If you don't want to give out awards based on wins and losses, I, you know a lot of people don't want to. That's fine. I'm fine with that. If a guy wins ball games, I I want him on the mound. If he keeps the team, he gives the team a chance to win. I want him around. He keeps the ball on the ground, which is so key in Yankee Stadium. There's a lot of seeing eye singles. We didn't have the best defense most of the year, uh, so I hope you know he can come back and be productive because. If there's games where he can give us, you know, two innings out of the bullpen because his arm's not stretched out, uh, and it helps us make a run and kind of takes a little bit of that Warren role, but just you know, throwing uh, at a major league speed, that you know, I'd love it. I, 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 uh, Andrew, I think he could be. Uh, well, first of all, let's get past this game. I don't even. I, I have a. I, I have a hard time talking about passive games. I, know. I just wanted to mention them. If it is, if it is a possibility, and, and that situation does come up, um, you're absolutely right. Like this guy, we have to remember that after I'd say after the All Star break, 
he was a different pitcher. I mean, he he really turned into a guy who was pitching and not throwing, like he was early in the season, and like he had been with the Dodgers and the Marlins. Like this guy was, you know, he enamored people because he throws 100 miles an hour. Uh, but I, you know, a lot of credit to to him and to Rothschild for figuring it out and to to getting him in in a place where he can really do good things because we saw what his potential was. Yes, no, he didn't give us uh, you know deep innings or deep games all the time, but after the All-Star break, you, we saw a lot more of him going, you know, pitching in the 6th and 7th inning. Um, and he, you know, with the with the lack of like JJ was saying with the lack of right-handed pitching that we have in a bullpen, he could be an absolutely crucial part of this bullpen. Of all the starting rotation Avaldi or the Yankees or someone, I don't know what the price tag is, needs to spend a significant amount of money to get Avaldi a significant amount of time with Roger Clemens in the offseason. He gets that splitter going, and he's going to be dangerous for years to come. It's true. Full monitor in the bathroom, though. We're not, you're not allowed to go into the bathroom without a guard. Yeah, yeah. We don't want that. But you're right. that When, when that splitter started going, um, he was – he was. It made every other pitch just uh, that much better, and he started locating the fastball. When he was locating the fastball, and that splitter was going, he was phenomenal. Dude, I don't care what you it takes. Back, you can come back on any time. By the way, you can, this is great. We can talk about Evaldi all day. I don't care what it takes to get Clemens. If they got to give him a monument in center field to get him to work with Evaldi, I'll take it. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to allow Clemens anywhere back near the stadium after everything that's gone on. I love Clemens. I'm a Clemens guy. But don't forget that also Evaldi was, uh, he, he, what, he's from um, Texas. He's from Nolan Ryan's high school. That's a guy that he definitely leans on a lot as far as advice. Uh, and from what I understand, he and uh, Nolan Ryan do have a close relationship. So they, they do talk. They got close this year. They, yeah. they hadn't met until uh, we went to Houston to play. And then they got real close the rest of the year. Right, but this year they were texting and like I saw something about them talking quite a bit, and that that's there's nothing bad that can happen out of that. I mean, absolutely nothing. And uh, you know, maybe it's a coincidence, but he's definitely listening to people and he's taking advice and he's improving. Um, so, you know, look, I, I have my 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 thoughts for him in the future are are tremendous. I think he's going to be a big part of this this club for a long time. But this year, right now, um, you know, whether he's you know, he's probably, you're right, he's probably a bullpen guy because he's not going to be stretched out when he comes back. Um, so, but he could be a huge addition to the bullpen. Um, and seeing, uh, seeing him throw, you know, one or two innings um, out, of the, out of in relief would be, would be huge for this team. Kind of like the Phil Hughes role, uh, 2009 playoffs. Yeah, he was huge then, man. I mean, that was a great role for him. All right, so let's recap some of the games over this past week pretty quickly, and then I know we got a couple mailbag questions I want to get to. So uh, Monday, they had a four-game series against the Red Sox. I mean, the Red Sox have basically been a last-place team. The entire season, they were going to play spoiler to the Yankees, and they did a pretty damn good job of that. Uh, Monday, the Yankees lost 5-1. to one. Um, This game, not really like much takeaway other than uh, more runners in scoring position struggles. Uh, in the second inning, A-Rod struck out with bases loaded, and it's just one of these things where time after time we see this team not able to get a big hit early in the game that could give uh, a little bit of a cushion to the pitchers, and I think that just puts so much stress on on the starters and the bullpen, and that's sort of why we're seeing them lose a lot of these games recently. Uh, um, yeah, I totally agree. There's been, for a team that started off so hot with... Um, Really, the difference was first inning runs. That's how we were winning games. Now, if we even get to that position, uh, we're not driving guys. And there was a game this week where I think 
you know, Gregorius left literally everyone on base. It, yeah. it was something like, you know, double digits that as a team, and that's how you win in the playoffs is you come up in those big spots. And there are so many games throughout the second half. I know we're talking specifically about this week, but throughout the second half where we've been down, then it looks like, you know, hey, we're just this one big hit away from breaking this open. And it hasn't happened. That's a huge concern going into the playoffs in general, but especially a one-game playoff where we may need that one big hit, um, especially against a guy like Keuchel. But, you know, for a game that, that didn't really have a ton going on, when you see guys striking out with the bases loaded, you're, you know, you get concerned. It's it just gets frustrating as well, and you're looking at I mean you look up and down the lineup and you're seeing batting averages that are you know in the two thirties and the two twenties and the two fifties, and and that's going to bite you in the ass at some point. And if they're not hitting like that, usually that doesn't all of a sudden you know click in a big situation either. So it's just these guys don't get on base very often. They don't get a, a lot of the uh, you know the the singles um, that are needed to you know in those big moments. So it's it's it's, it's something that's not going to a trend that's probably not going to die this year. Um, and then, uh, so they lost the first game Tuesday, Pineda's out on the mound and he gets crushed. He gives up six runs in the first inning. Uh, I, I thought Pineda early in the season was filthy. Um, I remember he had that 16 strikeout game against the Orioles early in the season. I was all about big Mike, um, this season and he's just been pretty bad recently. Um, I don't trust him at all in the playoffs. Uh, JJ, what are your thoughts? Um, Pineda has so much potential but he is like I would love to know what he does away from the field like what does he do with his downtime because he strikes me as just almost childish in that he's such a body language guy like he doesn't give up one first inning run and then locks it down he gets like pouty he starts to slump his shoulders and that's the kind of attitude that in the playoffs is going to make you worry because if you don't go out and score four runs in the first inning for him, he's, he's probably not going to keep you in a game to come back and win. Totally agree. His mental toughness is not even close to being where it needs to be. And you see a guy like that who, you're right, the body language is, is so apparent. When he does give a run-up, it usually goes to three, four runs. And that's why you see so many just terrible blow-up outings by him. Um, we've seen it probably four or five times this year where he goes out and just implodes immediately. And he's got no... It's like he's got no moxie to come back and just and just you know like you said buckle down and uh, and get through some tough innings. So I have zero confidence in him in going in. And you know the way things are going, I mean he was probably the number two guy for a long time, right? I mean get, taking the ball number two, not a chance in hell he's the number two guy right now. Probably not the number three guy. I think CC's definitely jumped him lately just because I have more confidence, and I guarantee Joe has more confidence in him in a big game. Yeah, I'll, I totally agree. CC's a big game pitcher. Pineda is not. And at least not at this point. All right. Uh, so Wednesday they um, were looking to clinch again, and they just couldn't do it. This was Tanaka's first start back from the DL. I want to talk about this game a little bit because uh, mainly because Tanaka was pitching, and we saw some questionable things Girardi did. Uh, Tanaka didn't look good, especially early. He gave up a three-run homer in the first inning. And we've seen him give up a ton of solo home runs, and this was like one of those times where he gave up a three-run homer. Uh, so that kind of worries you because he usually doesn't do that. Um, but the Yankees' offense was able to sort of get back in this game. Arod hits the go-ahead home run. Looks like we're on our way to clinching. And then uh, Batances 
comes into the game in the seventh inning, falls behind Mookie Betts uh, 2-0, and grooves a fastball, and Mookie Betts crushes it. Uh, I have, I don't want to say I'm totally lost confidence in Patances, but I'm getting like Jabba 2007 bug game flashbacks where his command is off and he's throwing 47 foot sliders. Um, and that scares the shit out of me. Uh, Scott, what do you think? You know, we've talked about this in the past and we've seen how Patances has struggled as a starter. And, you know, I'll just, I'll talk about this again, because it reminds me of what's happening. I mean, his command when he was a starter, when he would get into the third, fourth, fifth inning was, um, was, was just erratic. I mean, he was all over the place and that's, that's really what, what put him in the bullpen. He's more suited for these, these short, short outings and, you know, taking one inning at a time. And the amount of uh, the amount of pitches and the amount of innings that he's thrown this year just kind of leads me to believe the fact that, you know, this guy is not at a point where he's got a, a like a super healthy, fresh arm, obviously. I mean, we're at the end of the season. Nobody does. But his body doesn't respond well as far as location when when he's tired. And I think that's what we're seeing. So I'm, I'm just hoping some adrenaline can pump in on this kid and, and you know, just take over his arm and uh, and pitch like he did early in the season. Yeah, I mean. It's just, it's very clear that he's taken he stepped up and he took a big role you know it could have been him closing uh but he stayed humble he stayed quiet about it he's taken that eighth inning role he's gone and extended into the seventh inning when needed and I think some of that stuff just you know it's just adding up and the the mechanics are maybe slipping a little bit keeping the ball up but Again, I, I try to stay positive. So you hope that getting some rest heading into a one game and then hopefully more playoffs, he'll be you know ready to go and it'll be more of a kind of an all-hands-on-deck situation. So it's not wondering, is Joe going to bring him in? Is Joe going to bring Miller in? When can they pitch? When can they not pitch? You know, everyone's available all the time. Uh, and you hope that, from some of the experience he's gotten being around the team for a little bit, that he'll be able to compartmentalize the regular season and the postseason and say, okay, it's a new season, it's a one-game season, let's go and uh, you know, let's get our, our stuff together. I still have confidence in him, probably second most out of the bullpen. I think Miller's been probably their top guy. Um, but also in this game, Joe made some questionable moves. He pinch hit for Greg Bird when all they needed was a sack fly. He pinch hits John Ryan Murphy, who, you know, we just we talked about Murphy, how we love his energy and he's a backup catcher. But if I'm just looking for a deep fly ball, like Greg Bird can do that. Um, and then he also takes out Bird and that costs them in the 11th on defense because Ackley's playing first base. Uh, JJ, are you a Girardi guy? So... I, I'm i trying to come up with a system where Girardi has like a managerial bullpen that he can go to. If he could just come in, he's, a, he's your ace manager, but like that goes a good seven innings. And then someone comes in and closes it. Um, you know, he's done, he's done so much with that time so little. And for this year, a lot of people have gotten on him about the days off that guys have gotten. But he's done a pretty good job of keeping a very older team healthy, aside from the freak injuries like a foul ball off your leg. Um, you know, he's kept A-Rod together all year, and that's been key. But some of the bullpen stuff, you even have to – like to a certain extent, I look at Rothschild and say, why don't you step in here and say like, hey, this is a bad idea. 
you know, someone on that step, that's why he has a staff is to have people to bounce it off of. So it's not even just him. It's the, the experts in, you know, this area are not stepping in and telling him what's right. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. He's totally fried the bullpen, and he makes moves where it's so easy to second-guess the manager because if it doesn't work out, you just second-guess the manager. Um, That's, in a way, it's stupid when you think about it, but at the same time, when it happens time after time, and some of us are sitting here on Twitter calling it, we know what's going to happen. You bring Andrew Bailey in to face Josh Donaldson, Jose Bautista, and Edwin Encarnacion, you know, that's probably not going to work out in your favor, but he still does it. That's why I think I get pissed at him and a lot of people get pissed at him. The, the problem with Girardi, the, the problem, there's not one, there's, there's multiple. And I was never, look, I've never been... You know, an anti-Girardi guy. I really haven't. But this season, maybe it's because I'm talking about it out loud every single week now, and and it's just really driving me crazy. But like some of the things that he does, just absolutely are like a madman. They just make zero sense. I mean, you know, up six, you see Batantis and Miller throwing in the bullpen, ready to come in the game. I mean, like things like that just drive me insane. I mean, and and managing between the first inning and the seventh inning, like. Give me, give me any anybody in the world. Uh, you know, I, I think keeping fre- people fresh. I don't really consider that as like a great manager. Uh, you know, something that a great manager would do. To me, you're winning the game. You're winning your manager. You're 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 really making your mark uh, later in the game. And I think he's been terrible late in the game this year. Just terrible. And um, you know, he's just shown it time and time again. So that's why. I, he scares me going into the playoffs. He really does. He scares me with, with who he's going to bring in, at, at what situations he's going to bring in, when he's going to take people out. I, I just I just don't have any idea what he's going to do. He's, he's reckless. There was a, a Sunday game. I forget what month it was. It was a Sunday home game against the Angels. And at the end of the sixth inning, after CeCe finished off the sixth, he came down and started arguing with the home plate umpire and got ejected. And Girardi came out and got ejected too. And I just remember thinking, that's perfect. Guys, get yourself thrown out before you ruin this. It's like if you <laughs> if you have enough common sense and you're going to hit in a double play, just strike out. And that's what those guys did. Well, and just like the, the whole Pineda thing has really bothered me. It's it's really gotten me because, you know, we, we know that we haven't gotten length out of our starting pitchers all year. All year it's been an issue. Our bullpen is tired, and a big reason is because the starting pitching is not getting deep into the game. That's not Girardi's fault. It is what it is. But when you have a guy like Pineda who's coming back off of, um, you know, he's a couple starts out back from his injury. He's throwing well. He's throwing he's he throws 80 pitches, 85 pitches, and he gets taken out in the sixth in the sixth inning, sometimes the fifth inning, when he's throwing well. It just it makes no sense to me. It's not stretching the guy out and, and like, you know, I, I understand that some some managers want to take a guy out when they're doing well to end on a positive. But to me that just shows no confidence. And it's it's showing it's giving an adverse reaction because you're not stretching this guy out to go the the eight innings if he is pitching well when you need it. So you know, like the, these decisions just make no sense, and that's just one guy who I believe he's mismanaged this year. We're talking about a guy who took Justin Wilson out in the middle of an at bat. I don't think that really instills a lot of confidence or gains a lot of respect in the clubhouse. So I, I'm totally. I think I'm done with Girardi. <laughs> We're talking about this going into the playoffs. So look, here, here's the deal: we're in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm happy with uh, the fact that we're in the playoffs. We have a home game. That's awesome. So that's that's all. I'll deal with Girardi when the season's over and just kind of take a, a a more a broad assessment of him. I think uh, you know, I think there's a lot of emotions going into the way we're talking about 
him right now just because we're seeing a lot of tired arms. Um, so I think I'll make my final assessment later, but I'm pumped up that we're in. That's that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, get through the rest of these games, and then we'll get to the mailbag. So they won Thursday 4-1. to one. They clinched. CC came up huge. Um, I think he's pitching on total like heart and guts at this point because his stuff – you can see it's not the same guy, but um, he does have that big game mentality, which is great to see. Uh, Saturday, and then they went to Baltimore and got swept. Uh, Saturday doubleheader, they put out a B squad lineup. Nova got crushed. Nothing really there. Nothing surprising there. Uh, Shreve has been really struggling, which sucks because I thought he was filthy in the first half. Um, it, that trade looked like it was working out for them. Uh, it just hasn't recently. Um, and, and that's another arm out of the bullpen who could be so helpful, and he's just not doing it right now. Um, I think as a young guy, too, like they went to him the other day and said, like, what's going on? And to the press, and he just said, I really I have no idea what's going on. Like I've never given up home runs like this, like any time I've ever played baseball at any level. So he's just so lost right now that, I mean, you might as well leave him off the playoff roster because you can't right. put him in a game. That was my. You next have question. to leave him off. You have to leave him off. I mean, he's, and you know, he's thrown the most. This is the most innings he's definitely thrown in his entire career. So, but we're seeing that with a lot of guys now. So I don't know how many times we have to say that about, about people throwing the most innings, but I mean, it's 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 a trend that's that you look up and down the bullpen, and I'd say you know three quarters of those guys have thrown the most pitches this this year. Um, and I think it's another case of him being tired. I think his arm is, you know, mechanics, uh, location, they're, they're just all off. I just don't think he's used to it. I don't think his body's used to it. Well, I mean, if he's beat down mentally before he even comes into a game, then you're he's already lost at this point. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think you do have to leave him off the playoff roster because, like, uh, like you guys said, I mean, you can't trust him, so... Uh, Severino did go seven innings Saturday night, kind of saved the bullpen, which is good. Um, I love Severino. I thought he's been everything as advertised. So happy they didn't trade him away. Um, but uh, again, the bullpen kind of failed him. But Tansis, a uh, couple, you know, bloop, bunt single, weird plays, wild pitches, just as we talked about earlier. He just doesn't look like the same guy. Um, needs to turn it around for the playoffs. And then today, they could win and get home field advantage. They lost, but Houston lost as well, so um, they do have home field advantage, which is good. Um, they ended the season at 87 wins, which I think if you talking about April 1st, I think most of us would have signed up for that. So um, all in all, you know, we're turning a new page at this point, and um, that, that's pretty much as positive as I think we can be after the last week of baseball. They won. They had the exact same record in 2000 and won the World Series. Yep, and, and I lost think fifteen out of eighteen. And I think really, if they so let's say if Tanaka has a big wild card game for us, let's say we get seven innings out of him, we can go with the dynamic duo at the back end, and we find a couple runs against Keuchel. You know, now we've you know we win that game, and if we get to an ALDS where we're going to Kansas City where we match up better severino can get us a win like he's been consistent he had that one really bad start and then the you know the person who we worry about is pineda a lot if you go with him in a game two now you're bringing it back to let's say you know he wins he loses either way you're going to a game three with cc who's pitching like I forget who said, I think maybe it was Scott who said, you know, he's kind of just leaving it all out there. You know, this is kind of like his swan song. He's like Tony Danza at the end of Angels in the Outfield. (laughs) He's, you know, he's Chet Stedman, you know, at the end of 
rookie of the year, just like, I can do this with like grit and t- determination. Uh, he should just grow a mustache. Like, he needs that going for him. You know, just really old, gritty, probably start chewing tobacco, and it would complete the look. He's everything that the Mets fans wish Matt Harvey was. Yes. Um, he, I, that's exactly what it is. You know, he's he's the wily veteran in every baseball movie we've ever seen. <laughs> Angels in the Outfield is my favorite baseball movie. Yes, we. <laughs> I already got on here for that one. Wait, yeah, hold, no, wait, hold on. Wait, not not Bull Durham, not the Sandlot. No, no, Angels in the Outfield. That's a really weird one. Yep. I, I think I watched it every day one summer when I was like nine years old. Flap your arms, baby. Flap your arms. It's a it's a strange movie. I also yeah. love. I mean, like it's a good it was a good childhood movie, but favorite baseball movie. That's I don't think I've ever heard Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's first time for everything. I'm not gonna lie, like that's. I don't want to be insulting because it's your show, but that's a little bit of a girl answer. <laughs> like that's like a girl like. Oh, yeah, no, like, I watch a lot. It was Disney-ish. Like, then I went to a game with my dad. He bought me a pink hat. And, like, now I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And, like, Tony Danza's my guy. That's fa- that's a fair criticism. But anyth- anytime you're talking about Christopher Lloyd in a movie, I'm down. Christopher you- Lloyd. As when, you're, when you're talking about when you're talking about a baseball movie, I just I mean I can't get I can't get to that. I mean if I'm going like if I'm going something like that, it's going to be even like major league or honestly like rookie of the year to me was even better. There's there's a there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of movies that that would absolutely bust that bracket. But we we digress. The uh, the the biggest thing for for me we were talking about CC. Um, you know you're saying bringing them out in in game in game. Uh, uh, three and having Pineda pitch game two, but the other thing we got to think about if we get to that point again, I don't want to get too damn far far ahead of myself. But CC at home is is not as good in my opinion as CC on the road, just because he doesn't have to be as as perfect. Um, you know, so I think he would be he would even be a guy that you could really roll out there uh, in a game two situation uh, and give you a really good start on the road. That is that is a good point, and I think that um, it's something that. Uh, Girardi and the staff would think about. I, I think they might go with CC in game two. But e- either way, um, you know, we're looking at Severino if we get there for game one of the DS, which which I feel good about. So, um, all right. So Scott, I think we got some a uh, couple mailbag questions we want to get to, and then we can get out of here. All right. So first one is uh, didn't give a name, but it says say hello to the bad guy. It says, hey, guys, I think J.J. has gone over this before on his podcast. But lately I've been getting a lot of shit for referring to the Yankees as we when they play. I feel like this is the natural fan thing to do. I obviously know that I don't play for the New York Yankees. But I'm heavily invested in the team, and I feel like it's not too big of a deal to refer uh, to include myself with them. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks. So, J.J., he, he listens to, uh, to your show as well. So let's, let's, uh, let's see what your take is, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Anyone who's, who – decides to get involved in that conversation like i say we i say we because that's just how people talk uh if sometimes i say the yankees sometimes i say we i don't think a lot about it because i'm not on espn i'm just a dude who knows a little bit more about baseball than maybe the average person so i get to blog about it so i say we but i say we i say we if you get offended by that or bothered by that you have such a big dump in your pants that like I don't know how you get through daily life. Um, it's it's the same thing as being a guy 
to to get into that thing and say, wait, did you just say we? Do you play for the Yankees? That's the same guy who like you get in an elevator and if you just say, ah, oh, it's like kind of nice out, right? The guy who would just say. Actually, I think it's a little cold. Like, it's just a common thing. Just let it go. Like People get too stressed out about this. I think the guy who gets on you for saying we is, the, is a guy who knows he's already lost the argument that you're talking about, and that's his only comeback. Yeah. Yeah, or if someone just decides that like, they hear you say we and they want to start a debate there, like they, they lead a lonely life. You can't – don't say anything to offend those people because they're insane. You're not going to win that argument. It's just going to go on forever because they're not going to. They started something knowing that it's just it's one of those bullshit arguments. I mean, like you said, who cares? Who cares what you who you refer to? What we them Yankees? It doesn't matter. I mean, I I just I don't I never really noticed what people said. I I just doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't really you know enter my my brain I guess. So yeah, that guy that guy's an asshole. (laughs) If you're yeah, if you're run into one of these people, you're. Dealing with a person who can't experience joy in any way, and you should really keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that pretty much sums it up for that one. All right, second mailbag is from Leanne. Arod has redeemed himself in my eyes this season, and seeing him celebrate on Thursday was great. Do you think if he struggles in the playoffs again this year, like we have seen in the past, fans will turn on him again? I am concerned. JJ, go ahead. Man. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know if it was me first. So I'd like to go on this record here. I'm one of the few people who predicted A-Rod was going to have at least a 30 home run year. Um, I expected exactly what we've gotten from him, that he would tire at a certain point, but he would find a way to be a professional hitter, get on base, take pitches, all of that great stuff. Um, now to the question that I'm done bragging is <laughs> – is there an injury clause in that? Was there an injury clause, though, when you're saying this? No, no, because I thought if we kept him out of the field, he'd stay healthy. Okay. Um, and that there was the if he doesn't have to play the field clause, okay. uh, which I knew was, was their goal. But if he slumps in the playoffs, I don't think, you know, if he slumps in the one game and he goes 0 for 4, I don't think everyone's going to jump on him. If, let's say, then we go to an ALDS and he goes, you know, two for 15 or something like that, or one for 15. I think people will start to get on him, but he's done. The expectations are so much lower than him than they have been in the past. You know, he's always been a guy who came, you know, he's a five-star recruit. He's supposed to be the best player ever now, because he took that year off. He's like when you start a school year and you do your first like paper and you just write as if you hardly know how to speak English. Then by the end of the year, if you just write something that's decent, you've shown improvement and you get bonus points. He's done so much of that that if he trips up a little bit, I don't think the fans will turn on him. Um, what we get from him next year and how he starts next year will be the story for him you know, for the rest of his career. I think at this point, A-Rod is our guy, uh, our guy as Yankee fans. He's, um, I don't know if he's fully redeemed himself. I don't know if he could ever fully redeem himself. But, uh, you know, everyone around baseball hates him at this point, and that kind of, when everyone else is on one page, that can mean we can all get on the same page, and that means we can root for him. So, uh, yeah, as long as he doesn't, like, ground into a double play to end a series or something like that, I don't see the, the fans really turning on him. 
I don't even think people hate him at, like as much as the beginning of the season. I think he's because he's been so subdued this entire season, and he really hasn't just create. He hasn't caused much much ruckus at all. People are just like, eh, it's a Rod. He's a scumbag. Like other, I'm talking about other people, other teams. They're just they don't care. I mean, like the booings have all gone down a lot. Um, but at this point, we're playing with house money, aren't we? I mean. Okay, some people saw this coming. I certainly did. I thought he'd be injured by the All-Star break. That, that's the way. I thought he was going to sit on the DL for a long time. Um, not because he's not a professional hunter, but it's just because I didn't think his body was going to hold up after a year and a 40-year-old man coming in. But So I, at, at this point, I think we're playing with house money. If, we do, if he does great things in the playoffs, um, you know, they'll love him even more, the Yankee fans. Uh, if he doesn't, uh, unless it's not a ridiculous slump, then I just think it'll, just, it'll, it'll, be, a sub, it'll be a sub, you know, a little note. Not much. Not I much think about just... It. There's so many. He's still the highest paid guy, but there's so many other guys who are making big money and are in their prime that right. will probably slip up before him or more but, dramatic. But when you're looking at him now, you're not thinking about, oh, he's getting paid this much money. He better produce. You're thinking about, oh, this guy was suspended a year. He's 40 years old. He's come back. Like the contract's there, but I feel like it's not real money in people's eyes. So they're like, oh, well, he shouldn't. He's 40 years old. He didn't play for a year. I can't believe he's doing this. It's, yeah, it's everything like a, it's we're like a weird is, mentality. Everything we're getting is a bonus. Yeah, exactly. I want to know what PR firm he hired because they're the greatest PR firm ever. I think he stopped hiring PR firms is what happened. That's I, what definitely, I think happened. I think he just actually first, like started listening to himself and got humbled. He has. He's a guy who's got to have like no friends because all the stuff that he said over the years and done to just have no one that's close to him to just be like, hey, stop it. Just stop it. His whole relationship with fans and media, I've compared to when you get drunk and in an argument with your significant other, and they're like, hey, let's just go to bed. We'll talk about this tomorrow. We can just, we'll figure it out tomorrow. Just go to bed. And you're just going, no, 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 hold on. Like, hold on. No, no, let's just keep, we'll figure it out. Let's just keep going. And that's like what he did. He just always pushed more and more. Like, no, 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 I'm like Jeter. No, no, I'm just like, I'm just like Jeter. I'm just like Jeter. Just hold on. I'm just like Jeter. That's how he's done it. And now that he doesn't push, people like him. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. For so long, he just dug himself deeper and deeper. And he would go and he would, um, you know, people would get on him, but he would go to the Super Bowl and get fed popcorn. And he would go suntan in Central Park. And it's like, no person in their right mind would do that. Okay, next one is, uh, is, is from George Steinbrenner. We didn't get a real name. Uh, George Steinbrenner was the name, so that's what we're going with. Uh, if the Yankees get bounced in the one-game playoff, do you think Girardi gets fired? You know who would fire his ass. Uh, referring to George Steinbrenner. Yeah, the next one's kind of a similar question, so why don't you read that one too? Then we can address it. Okay. This is from uh, Taylor Sheppens. Thanks, Taylor, for writing in. Appreciate it, my brother. You guys have ranted about how bad Girardi has been these last few months, but you mentioned how he could be. How, I'm sorry, but you mentioned how he should be fired if they don't make the ALDS. I can't be the only one who thinks he should, right? Thanks for the podcast. It keeps me going insane. Uh, it keeps me going from going insane. Surrounded by Blue Jay fan up here in London, Ontario, about two hours from Toronto. Cool, man. Thanks for writing in. Sorry I couldn't read that um, on a fifth grade level. <laughs> All right, so uh, on this, uh, I don't see them firing Girardi because I don't think that the new Steinbrenner clan in the front office is really in the business of of doing things that way. I think they're sort of more hands off. Um, I I don't even. I mean, obviously they would be in charge of firing or hiring, but I think you got like Randy Levine and and um, 
and Cashman also making these decisions. I, I, I just think, and it's sort of from what we've read in the media, that they, they're kind of, the team has ex- exceeded their expectations. So in their mind, I don't think um, Girardi's done a bad job. I think when you look at it, uh, and I've been saying this since last year, because Girardi and Cashman both got three-year deals in the offseason. Mm-hmm. The Yankees have, well, now it's two years left, but like two years of bad contracts. So who really wants the job? Like if you want to be, do you want to come in and be the GM of the Yankees who have all these bad contracts, have all these you know old players, and you're not really going to be able to do much for the next few years? Or do you just keep cashing around and let him see if he can figure out his own mess, which it seems like he's doing a little bit of? I think it's the same thing with Girardi. As long as there's not someone who the Yankees are dying to get out there, you can't really fire a guy who overachieved every year, his managing injuries. Maybe you know you bring in someone, you add someone to the staff to help with some of the bullpen decisions, which has been his real big flaw. But I don't see how a guy gets you back to the playoffs and you fire him to bring in God knows who. Now, let's say Mattingly comes available at some point. I can see them making, you know, if Mattingly were to come available, I could see the discussion happening. But to go out and get like Ron Gardenhire, you Ugh. know, is is that the, the move that we want? Woof. Hell no. But I no, mean, but you 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 nailed it with with Mattingly. If they get bounced in the first round, Mattingly, you know, all the talk in the media has been that he's he's on the block if they get bounced. Um, so that that is a guy that could be available, and, and it could go back to the the whole Mattingly Girardi thing when it was when he first came on. What's good about baseball, I think, when it comes to that, is because. The guys are are kind of lifers. They you know they they play the game, then they coach, then they become managers. We don't have like football where coaches start out. That's all they do. They a lot of times don't play professionally, and then they go into the media. Like we don't have like a John Gruden type guy who or uh, a coward who's just like floating out there. That like maybe they'll pick him up. We've got Ron Gardenhire just like mowing his lawn. At least we don't have Matt Williams, who might be coming in to manage, because that that is uh, quite possibly the worst situation going I in MLB. No, I can see the Yankees definitely not. The Yankees would never do that because he just collapsed so bad. And you know Bryce Harper's on their radar, and Bryce is not going to want to Oh, no, no, no I was guy. saying at least we're not in a situation with Matt Williams as our manager. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but but as you were saying, who would want to come in to manage the Yankees? I think the Yankees is you know tip top in MLB for jobs, just like man, you know coaching the Cowboys or coaching the Lakers. I mean, people are going to come no matter what just because of the Yankee name. Well, but and not to mention get... there, there are bad contracts. Yes, there are there are some bad contracts. However, you're seeing a resurgence of our of our youth that, that's actually coming out and, and showing. I mean, we're getting there are some dividends that are coming from our, our farm system for the first time in a long time. The person who comes on now, if they did come on, if if that were to play, could be a hero. I mean, these these guys are um, are, are going to be playing full time roles very soon. I just I don't see them getting any top tier talent to come in. Because I could see, I could see Girardi going like another year, Mattingly yeah. going another year, and then us getting Mattingly when these guys are really coming up, and not have to go through a rebuilding year. But again, I think really the only person they look to make a move for is 
uh, is Mattingly. There's no one else out there better than Girardi that's available. Yeah, I mean, Donnie Baseball would also appease so many fans that it, it would be a PR thing as well. All right, thanks everybody for for writing into the mailbag and um, Jack. Thanks, or JJ. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Is there anything you want to plug? Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter at Barstool JJ. Uh, I've got similar Yankee fan nervous breakdowns as uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure you get when you follow uh, these guys. And uh, I have a podcast, Yuppie Junk. It's not uh, Yankee specific. It's more just like casual conversation jokes. Um, it's a little on the racy side, uh, but you can find that on all major podcast things. But if you follow me on Twitter at Barstool JJ, uh, you'll find all sorts of stuff that I'm involved in. Scott, any last words? You know, I'm just excited. I think that's it. You know, the, the whole season um, has been building up to this, and that's making the playoffs, and, and that's what happened. So we have a home playoff game on Tuesday. I think everybody in New York, every Yankee fan, should uh, you know just just stop complaining about anything that's gone wrong, and let's just get excited that we have playoff baseball back in the Bronx, uh, and let's win this game, man, and then go to Kansas City and take care of some business. Uh, this is it. Rubber meets the road. It's a new season. Let's let's go, man. I'm, I'm pumped up. Yeah, I mean this is game. This is a game seven. There's nothing better in sports than game seven. It's at home. Um, you know, it's not an ideal situation. Obviously, we would like to win the division, but uh, this is going to be awesome Tuesday night. I know the atmosphere is going to be awesome, so I'm definitely looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully the Yankees can pound Keiko into the ground. All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show... We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.